Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He is Big Chris Newton. And you know what? We come at you every other week in the offseason, every week during the regular season, and we bring you the greatest, latest, and most fascinating Bills talk there is in the podcast sphere. Big Newt, happy to have you back. It's, it feels like it's been forever since we spoke last, and it's only been two weeks. You, you surviving? Yeah, I'm surviving, man. You know, you we're gonna talk about it. I guess the the um, Pro Bowl stuff. I mean, I don't know if you watched that on Sunday. No. Well, all of last week. You know, they had activities, so we could dive in that into a little bit. But yeah, this is how it's gonna be, man. I mean, once Sunday comes, the Super Bowl festivities is going on. I mean, I'm really not getting into it. Right. Um, I will watch the Super Bowl, obviously, but it'll be going to people's houses and eating up their food and drinking up their liquor. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, so. This week, we are going to discuss the Bills salary cap situation, what they can do to get down to that salary cap because they're well over at this point, and what sort of maneuvering can go on because we all know the salary cap is some sort of weird voodoo magic that Brandon Bean seems to excel at these days. And we're going to figure out, once we get to a dollar amount, who we can actually see the Buffalo Bills signing. So, big newt. Yes, sir. You know that we are $20.5 million over the salary cap. Does that scare you? It does, especially since last week, uh, Roger Goodell, I mean, the salary cap um, increased by $16.6 million from the previous year. And the fact that we're still $20 million below, I mean, you know, I feel like we're dumping water out of a sinking ship a little bit. That's how I feel. So mm-hmm. it would have felt better if we would have been closer. But, I mean, uh, I'm not going to complain because I know a few years ago we were wanting this. You know what I'm saying? We want to bring in uh, top-notch players like Von Miller. And if we would have had Von Miller in the playoffs, we probably would have won and still be playing this weekend. So um, I know it's probably a bad look. Now that we're looking at it, that the uh, season's over. But uh, we could do some maneuvering and try to get on the plus side. You know, back in the Doug Whaley days, the Bills were always up against the salary cap and they weren't even a good team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. at least now you can say right. that, yes, in fact, maybe the Bills at this point are considered the third best team in the AFC, but they're within striking distance of the Super Bowl. Right. We have a Super Bowl team on our hands. More That's so, kind of where you want to be, right? Right. We have a good roster. We just need some uh, fixing. And you talk about Doug Willie. That's probably why Doug Willie's not in the league now. I think he, mm-hmm. last I heard, he was what AFL or something like that, or maybe XFL. Yeah, it was it was something like that. Don't don't quote me on that. I mean, he could have a job now, but last I heard of him, he was like not in the league. So, right. um, but yeah, I can see that. So, all right, so. Let we as we said, twenty point five million dollars over the cap right now, and there's a lot that needs to happen just to get them in striking distance. I want to talk about the realistic cap casualty options, and this is something we haven't talked about in our in our meeting leading up to this. But did you know that the bills could save four point seven nine million cutting Naheem Hines? No, I didn't know that. Would you let Naheem Hines go to present the team with almost $5 million in savings? No. You'd keep him? I want to keep him. 
Well, 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 well before I don't start with him, <laughs> you know what I'm well, saying? That's like, I the biggest cap. That's the biggest cap savings from from a cut. If you're telling me that we can resign Edmonds and get rid of him, perhaps. But no, as of right now, stand alone, just him. No, I want to keep him. Okay, I want to keep him too. But do you pay a kick returner five million dollars? Our our kick returner. And our second, our RB2, because we're probably going to lose Singletary, right? Are we assuming that we're losing Singletary? We, I think we have to assume that. Yeah. yeah, so he'll be our second running back. So my thing is what what else? It's like moving parts because I'm like, I don't. if you let him go, then we're going to probably draft another running back, which I don't want to happen. Yeah. You, you I, see what I'm saying? So yeah, it's kind of I, a loaded question. I, I – am willing to bet that they go to him and offer him because uh, uh, he has one year left in his contract. I am willing to bet that they offer him an extension with a signing bonus to bring that cap number down, break it probably down to half okay. of that. That's what I think is going to happen. But let's say for argument, well, we'll get to the argument in a minute. I get what you're saying. You're saying, is he worth $5 million? Basically. And, yeah, okay. And to answer your question, no. Okay, I can see where you're coming from with that, but it's other moving parts that affect that answer. But is okay. he worth five? Can we get? Can we make better use of that five million dollars? Yes, yes. You cannot, especially if he doesn't become a bigger part of the offense. You just can't pay a kick returner that amount of money. But that's the thing. I think next year, if Singletary leaves, then he will be a bigger part. Right. That's what I, I believe. So. No, that's. That's what I'm hoping for, too. Yeah. So another realistic cap casualty here. Okay. Isaiah McKenzie. Now, that's a toughie because he's one of those glue guys, right? Mm-hmm. But you would save $2.62 million if you let him go. His, his returner role was taken away. He couldn't hold on to the slot guy. There's a slot receiver position, but like I said, he is a glue guy. I saw on Twitter that um, Beasley said he wants to play another year. Mm-hmm. So if Beasley, Beasley comes back, then I feel like Isaiah McKenzie becomes more expendable. Okay. All right. So I have no problem with that. All right. The other one, Tim Settle. Potential cap savings, $2.25 million. I say, you don't even think twice. You show him the door. Oh. Here's why. Eli Anku and Brandon Bryant. They spent time on the practice squad. They showed well when they were out on the field. I don't think that you are getting... Any better play out of Tim Settle than you than you could those guys? And how much we saving? Two point two five million. Tim Settle, twenty five years old. Uh huh. Mm. Yeah, be easy. I just I, once again, if you have it in house and you feel like you're getting the same production, then yes. I just I, are you going to go D tackle on the draft? Um, I, I think you could, but I think you, I I don't think having Tim settle on the roster prevents you from doing that anyway. He's on a two year, $9 million contract. Mm Mm-hmm. But did he play up to that? No, I can see that. I can see what you're saying. I'm just saying I'm I'm just thinking about what you said about if we have to settle, will we not draft a quarterback? I mean a quarterback, um, a D tackle. I'll say quarterback because I was about to think about we didn't we didn't draft Patrick Mahomes because we had because right. <laughs> we had uh, TT. So <laughs> that's why I'm like mm, I'm necessarily not necessarily saying that. You're asking tough questions, man. So. Um, but yeah, that's I, the I'm, name of the game, right? Yeah, this is tough. That's why I'm trying to like, you know, I'm thinking about the listeners, man. That's tough. That's show fair. the man the door. He did nothing this year. That's fair. All right, and two in two years, nine million dollars. Yeah, yeah. So I just I just don't want to go de tackle on the draft. Let's say you so. cut all those guys. 
that okay. I just mentioned, Tim Settle, Isaiah McKenzie, and Naheem Hines, mm-hmm. that would save you just a shade under $12 million. When when you look at it in aggregate like that, it seems like it's it seems like a better deal, doesn't it? To cut guys that aren't getting on the field anyway and save that amount of money. Yeah. Because yeah. we got guys that we want to try to extend, yes. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I think the only one you get rid of there is Tim Settle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let's talk about some restructuring. Now, you and I were having a conversation about this, and I think it's important that we sort of explain what happens with a lot of salary restructures. So generally speaking, this is what happens with signing bonuses. For the sake of the salary cap, the signing bonus is paid to the player the moment he signs his contract. However, the bookkeeping of a signing bonus is that it gets prorated over the course of the contract. So, Big Newt, when you sign your five-year contract to play tight end for the Buffalo Bills, and they and they pay you a $50 million signing bonus, that is going to count against the salary cap $10 million for each year of that contract. Mm-hmm. All five years, even if you're not on the team, still counts against the cap as dead money. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Okay. What the Bills have the opportunity to do here is change base salaries or roster bonuses into into signing bonuses. It's just an accounting thing. The player doesn't even have to sign anything. They still get their money. It just counts against the cap prorated through what is left on their contract. Did I explain that correctly? Sounds good. Okay. I believe that Josh Allen's contract and even Von Miller's contract was created exactly with this in mind. Okay. Because coming into the 2023 season, Josh Allen has a $39.8 million cap hit. Of that, $27.5 million is base salary. If the if they take the base salary down to the veteran minimum and convert the rest into a prorated signing bonus, that alone looks like it can get the bills under the salary cap because by doing that, they would save $21.14 million. Mm-hmm. And that, that would add an extra $5.4 million to the cap in, I, I think, 23 and 24. Does that bother you? No, not at all. And I and I think Josh Allen's going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's what we're going to take care of that. Like I I love it. No problem. Let's I mean, fluff the books, man. Fluff the numbers. So <laughs> if it's going to save five million this year and they'll save twenty almost twenty one million over the next four years, then it's no problem. And mm-hmm. so we can use that money to get under, and we could try to keep our guys. So. The next one, Von Miller, and I'm going to read what uh, Joe Buscelli wrote here. Um, In discussing Von Miller, who has a cap hit of $20.27 million in 2023, he writes, quote, usually kicking cap dollars down the road on a soon-to-be 34-year-old rehabbing from a torn ACL isn't a wise option. But this one makes quite a bit of sense, unquote. (laughs) (laughs) So they they can convert his roster bonus of thirteen point six million, and then get a cap savings this year of ten point six eight million dollars. Well, in two moves right there, the Bills got under the salary cap, and now they've created enough space for their entire rookie class, which because is about you ten need, million dollars. You need about ten mil. You know? mm-hmm. Not bad, right? Why not? It helps the team, and you're still getting your money. You're just getting it a different way. Why not? So I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty on the next couple of them, but through the same thing, converting converting base salary into signing bonus, if they do that with both Trey White and Deion Dawkins, they will save just over $6. million on each of those. 
So there's $12 million you now have under the salary cap. Now, those are the ones that seem the most likely to me because, well, they're the ones who haven't already restructured, right? Right. So $12 million. Let's be honest here. They've got $12 million of cap space to work with, which is putting them right at about officially $22, $23 million under the cap. Mm -hmm. Is that enough to do anything with? Yeah, of course it will be. It's better than what we have. It's better than what you had. But but does that resign Tremaine Edmonds? And that's the question. That's the question. Is that going to be enough to keep him in the building? And we got to talk about what it is going to take to keep somebody like him. Okay. What will he be in um, fair market value? And is he willing to take a hometown discount? Do players really take hometown discounts? Yes. They do? Yes. Okay. You don't think so? I, I don't know. I think a lot of them... You don't think Josh Allen took a hometown discount? Well, I think Not, he did, but they, at that point, he was earning so much money. Like, what's the difference between $245 million and $260 million? He could be like... Well, hold on. Let's talk about this. He could be like your boy in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. He wants more guaranteed money. I feel like we got a deal signing Josh Allen. Well, yeah. Everything that came before the Deshaun Watson deal seems like a bargain. Yeah. So he could be asking for more guaranteed money, whatever, whatnot. So I feel like we got a hometown discount with him. Matt Milano. You don't think Matt Milano could have got more money on an open market? I think Matt Milano pretty much maxed out. You think so? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he was going to do about $13 million before That was before this season. And maybe he could have gotten a couple extra million yeah. per year. I mean, so I'm bringing all these people up to say, if somebody, like, I want to make the most money I can, then obviously that's going to probably happen somewhere else than the team that you're already at. Usually. Yeah. So, but these people wanted to stay – we just named a few that wanted to stay on our roster because they knew we were going to contend. Like, Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. You think that Devontae Adams is happy in uh, <laughs> Las Vegas? Or, well, should he stayed in, or should he have stayed in Green Bay and played with a Hall of Fame quarterback? Now you don't even know who's your quarterback. Right. You know, so uh, that's all I'm saying. Most people could get uh, – more fair market value on the open market than staying with their team. Most of the time that your team is going to try to nine times out of 10, they're going to try to get a deal, low ball, you hometown discount. That's all I'm saying. Well, it's, it's the same thing in, in real life for the rest of us too. Right. If you want to make more money, you have to leave your current employer. Yeah. Because they're not going to give you the, you know, 15, 20% jump that the market is doing. They're going to say, oh, no, we hired you at this rate. We can give you a 4% increase. And you say, inflation is higher than 4%. They're like, hey, whoa, what are you talking about, man? In the past, (laughs) we were only doing 2.5%. We're really like, you know, we're we're really doing you a favor here. It's like, yeah, but didn't your your revenues like triple in the last uh, three years since I hired? Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's beside the point, man. (laughs) You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to make more money, you find a new job. We, find, we, we've all done that. You find a new place. So, yeah, I mean, I want to keep it. And I guess I'm getting personal because I want to keep admins. Okay, so if you cut those three players that I mentioned, that's about $12 million in savings. And the players who are talking about restructuring, that is another $44.5 million. So just... Doing the math here, that gets us to uh, $56.5 million. So you take 20 of that away because that's just getting under the salary cap. Another $10 million you take away to get uh, to sign your rookies. So what you're looking at at that point is about $34 million you can spend. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now we're talking. Let's say... You can get, let's say you can get Edmonds back on an average value of $16 million a season. 
there goes about say say seventeen million a season. Because mm-hmm. you know, with the salary cap going up, some some teams are going to have like ninety million to spend, and they're going to go nuts, right? Yep. So say seventeen million. Half of your salary cap, available salary cap this year, would go into one player. Are you okay with that? I'm okay with it because it's not my money, but I don't know if the Bills <laughs> will be. I think the Bills feel like they can replace them. I think we went into this whole situation thinking that Matt Milano and Edmonds, we're not going to be able to keep both of them. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to lowball him, and he's probably going to walk. If I if I have my, you know, I, and that's, that's just a feeling – that has anything that I read, anything about his personality. I don't know if he loves Buffalo and he don't want to leave. I just think it's going to be a difference. With the salary cap going up, somebody's going to offer him more money, and I think he's going to take it. Okay. The other um, thing is from a from a roster construction standpoint, do you want to have $30 million wrapped up? In one position. In one position where you only have two of those – Types on the field. And is the linebacker position even important enough anymore? Is it worth it? Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. It's a tough question, he's, right? Like this guy is so divisive to so many people. Right, because he's so athletic. He's an athletic freak. He's been pro bowl. He It's hard, man. Like he does but, have he does have flaws. I'm going to say, it. you know what? Cuz I, I feel like I'm whole humming too much on here. I want to keep him. Okay. But I can't answer that question. Once again, we're throwing out theories without having all the variables. But yes, pump it. I want to keep him. Yes. Right. I want to keep him just for continuity. And if, even if we have to play a little bit more than, than I want to, I want to keep him. Okay. Because you got to try to keep as many as your guys. We drafted this guy. We moved up in the draft to get this guy. Right. So you want to keep as – I mean, you want to keep as many of those guys in the building as you can. You want to take care of your guys. Especially when they perform, bro. Like it ain't like he's somebody who hasn't performed, right? Right. And did you <laughs> know that he's only twenty five years old, but he's been in the league longer than Aaron Rodgers? He's been in the league longer than Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, <laughs> no. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I was like, what? No, but everybody's like, oh, he's only been in, the, or he's been in the league this many years, and he's only this old. You know, yeah. it's like every year there's a player that comes out of the draft and they're like, well, Tremaine Edmonds has been in the league for five years now. And this player coming out of the draft is older than him. Yes. Every I'm year. sure. I'm sure Tremaine Edmonds is younger. Yes, he is. He's younger than the quarterback from Georgia. Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> but then again, half the league is. Right. There's a lot of people younger than him. And he's coming out of the draft. I don't know when he'll get drafted, but yeah. Georgia quarterback who just got picked up last weekend for public intoxication in Texas or something. I mean, I don't know. 
Oh, Vontae Davis got picked up for DUI also. Did you see that? that? Yeah. And then on, uh, I think, Sport News or somebody, when they talked about it, they had him in a Bills uniform. I'm like, are you serious right now? Come on now. (laughs) Mm, 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 mm. Anyway. Yes. I think that you have to keep Trey Edmonds because I feel like his best football could be ahead of him still. Yes. Yes. And, and those are the players you want to keep around. Right. And like I said, he's made Pro Bowls, and, and I want to keep him. Even if I have to overpay for the position, we might we, and we might be able to get a, a good linebacker in a draft, but I just feel, keep the guys you can and then fill in the holes around. It becomes tough, from like I said, from a roster construction standpoint, because does that mean that you have to consider moving on from Matt Milano? I don't. I don't think you could do that because he seemed like he was the best defender on the Bills roster. Yes. So. All pro. All, all pro. Mm-hmm. All pro. Yeah. And now let's look at the other one who's poised to become a free agent that is, well, he's kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? There's two different schools of thought on Jordan Poyer. He's old, he's 32, he had six injuries this past year, but when he wasn't on the field, oh my God, it made a big difference. There is a difference. Big difference when he's not out there. Yeah. But is it because of his age, is he going to look for a payday? That goes back to what we just said. Well, this is his last opportunity. To get paid. Uh So I would be surprised. I'll be surprised. I would love to keep him, but you're going to probably have to wait people going to consider overpays 31 years old. Yeah. So are you going, are you going to overpay for him? And I don't even know if we're going to have the opportunity to do that. Are we going to keep both of them? I don't think it's possible. I think one of them has to go. One of them has to go. We agree on it. And obviously I'm taking 24 over 31. Mm-hmm. So, and you have Micah Hyde coming back from his injury. Yeah. And the defense though, it wasn't the same without Micah Hyde in there. When you were missing both of them, it really showed up. Yes. But they still had one of the top-rated defenses with Jordan Poyer in there. Now, that's a credit to Poyer. They right. won a lot of games because he was on the field. That is true. But I think they get some of that back with Micah Hyde. And with Micah Hyde. Here's the other thing. Jordan Poyer was a bench warmer. Before he came to Buffalo. Mm -hmm. He was a corner who couldn't get on the field. Is it possible that the Bills do the same thing? They get another backup corner and make him into an all-pro safety? That's possible. Did it once. Maybe do it again. Yeah. No. Where would you go with, let's say, just hypothetically, it's going to cost $17 against the salary cap to, to get Edmonds? Uh, to get Edmonds back, yeah. Okay. Where do you want to go with that? Do you want to find more defenders, or do you want to try to flip that money to offense? Flip it to offense. I'm thinking and, the same thing, man. <laughs> and you you see, I uh, put it, I tweeted out, I was like, when they did the alternates, we have three Pro Bowl linemen. How do you feel about that? That's the biggest <laughs> load of crap I've ever seen. <laughs> We have three Pro Bowl linemen. Uh, yeah. And I would retool the whole thing. Yeah. So, so priority-wise, line number one, receiver number two. Yes. I'm with that. And then I'm willing to bring in, like... Oh, another receiver. We need another receiver. Oh. Absolutely. We need another receiver. We 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 got we gotta have somebody better than Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis, and maybe he'll take a step this year. That'd be great, but we need somebody in there that's gonna be better than him. Yes. He was tied for the league lead in uh well he was right near the top of the league when it comes to drop percentage. Not good. He was also near the top of the league, in fact it might have been the very top in at fifty two percent with his catch percentage on targets. Mm-hmm. And I heard one person say, well, that's because his targets were all downfield. As a matter of fact, they were not. 
uh, Steph Diggs has a deeper uh, yards per target than does Gabe Davis. Gabe Gabe wasn't getting it done, man. We thought he was going to take a big step forward. It didn't happen. Right. So I'm comfortable with him as a number three. Yeah. And he'd be a good number three. He was uh, in 2022. Right. And once again, we're assuming if he don't take another, he could take a step. You never know. So, but yeah, I want to go on the season. I would love to go on the season with a few new linemen, another receiver, a number two receiver, you know. They um, need three new linemen. I think so. If we're being honest, they need three. They're going to get two. I want somebody better than Spencer Brown. Spencer Brown, I think, played himself out of a job. Yeah. I want somebody better than him. And he, he showed promise the first year. Not this past year, no. And you could get better. Like I keep saying, my my bedrock has always been you could fix your line in one year. Ask Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Ask Cincinnati. Ask Cincinnati. Yep. You could fix your line in one year. And we just I feel like we refuse to do it. And the thing about it is both of those teams run the ball well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want know, Josh a lot of Allen. It has to do with the fact that they they clearly don't want to put their money into that or receivers. Yeah, and that might be our problem. Yeah, maybe. And you called it. I mean, you said it, man. You 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 was like, I don't like what I'm seeing. And then we were all hopeful. No, we're thirteen and three. We're gonna win the Super Bowl. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wanted to hear it. Nobody wanted to hear it. Nobody brother. wanted to hear it. And, didn't want to hear it. And now all the same people that didn't want to hear it are telling me how they got to blow it up and get rid of the coaches and the front office. And I'm like, well, that's not the answer either, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dorsey was supposed to interview with Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Did that happen? I don't know. I haven't heard anything else about it. I don't know if it happened or not. I'm imagining that uh, he interviewed, didn't get the job, and we just haven't heard anything about it. Gotcha. And I don't think Frazier, I haven't heard anything about Frazier doing interviews, so we'll have continuity of anything. That's that's the fact of the matter, buddy. You know. Also, since the last time we talked, DeMar Hamlin. Yeah. Came out with a video. He's alive. So I personally had no doubt. <laughs> well, you know me, man. I sit around all day looking at, you know, Twitter and stuff, so conspiracy theory, you know. But so now, yes, we saw him, saw a video. He thanked everyone for all the love and support and prayers and the money. I just I still can say and, I, and once again, I I I open up my heart to you all. I wear my heart on my shoulder. I tell you all pretty much 99.9% of what I think. I just don't understand why he couldn't have did that weeks ago. Yeah. I, I I would love to know the reason why. That would be interesting. You know, I just I just don't know why you had to wait three, four weeks to do a video to thank everybody. And then you went to the game. Like, why, why didn't you do that at the game? I wish you could see me right now. I've got such a big smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. I just would like to know. That's just weird to me. So two weeks ago, I'm so glad we didn't have this discussion because I. Oh man, <laughs> you can say it. I mean, now that he done it, I mean, yeah. I we we discussed that people was on there saying that he was dead, and I was just like, well, until I see the dude, I mean, hey, you know. But we seen him now, so yeah. But I just don't think like you. Whenever I see something fishy, I just always think, you know, like for instance, let's not even do football. Let's use the, the situation that happened in Memphis, the Tyreek kid, right? He got brutally beaten up. He died, right? Mm-hmm. I knew as soon as I saw that video, it was personal. I knew it. I'm like, because it's, it's just weird that you pull out five African-American cops, roll up on an African-American and just beat the hell out of him. And the way they was kicking him and stuff, I was like, that's personal. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's just going to happen randomly. Even if Tyreek had a gun and was shooting at them, they wouldn't have did that to him. And so, come to right. Go. It's right. very rare that in any police situation, they're going to handcuff the person 
And then continue beating the crap out of them. Right. Especially when it's on camera, right? You that, got yeah, cams that. and all that. So you know pretty much unless you're just all idiots that you're going to get caught, mm-hmm. right? And so now it's rumors. I mean, a, a reputable uh, publication hasn't said it, but it's rumors on Twitter that he was dating the cop that was kicking on the bigger guy, the kicking the uh, mess out of him, mm-hmm. that he works at FedEx with his baby mama and they was having an affair. Now, oh. granted, these are just rumors. I don't, I'm not going to say, you know, Twitter says a lot. No reputable person has said it yet. And I'm sure it's going to come out in the trial, but that makes sense to me. It's easy for me to believe that because that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You pull the dude over. You all, you a rogue uh, police uh, unit. You're not regular police. They they handle certain like it's like training day. Like they handle narcotics and stuff. They were a special group. They got disbanded now. So all of you all probably going around doing dirt with each other. Hey man, I need help with this. I need help with that. They all kind of close, right? I can see them going along with that, and they probably mm-hmm. went too far, and the dude died, right? Mm-hmm. So they got disbanded. They all got charged with second degree murder, whatever. That I'm saying that to say, and and God bless Terry and his family. But I'm saying that to say that story makes more sense to me mm-hmm. than than it being totally random. So now going back to Demar Hamlin, all right. All the stuff that led up to DeMar in the hospital, uh, we never saw him. We never seen him leave the hospital. Uh, he said that he was at the uh, facilities. We never saw video. That was just all weird to me. Now, granted, you said, well, maybe he wants some privacy. Maybe that's that's fair. Maybe he just decided that he wanted to make the video four weeks later. But mm-hmm. it just, I just don't, I can't wrap my mind around the whole world this is the whole world this story was for the whole world and for you not to go on there as soon as you leave as soon as you can sit up and talk the first thing and be like man thank you bro i'm going on twitter because you laying in the hospital and you was with your parents i'm sure you're on twitter you know how big of a deal this was i would that would have been the first thing as soon as i opened my eyes talked to my parents i'm gonna thank everybody and then that would have been it but mm-hmm. you waited four weeks. You came to the game. They shuffled you in. You had all security. That was weird. We didn't even see your face. They didn't do an <laughs> interview with you. That was all. Everything was just so weird. But I digress. He's he's alive. He's okay. And he did the video. So Yeah. Which is good. Yes. Which is good. And that actually leads us to something else, a kind of a related topic. But yes. the article written by Jesse Pagula in the... Oh, God, what is that publication called? The uh, Athletic. The Players' Tribune. Players' Tribune, you're right. Yeah. I'm, sorry. I'm wrong. Players' Tribune. And it's, well, okay, we didn't know what had happened to Kim Pagula. They finally came out with the fact that she had cardiac arrest, and it was uh, their other daughter who saved her life by doing CPR. And mm-hmm. if <laughs> if one thing has come out of it, everybody needs CPR training, right? Yes. You're a big dude. You're you're a you're a, a cardiac risk yourself. Get yeah. everybody in your house to learn CPR. Mm-hmm. That's just I just say it because I care. I'm not making fun of your size. You always making fun of me. D- you, the damn I am. <laughs> but you always give me medical advice. Like I tell you, you told me to go get the sleep app test and I got a sleep app machine. So I mean I don't have a problem with that. You're no, totally right. One not, not making fun of you. Anyway. Yep. Um so yeah, she's uh, she has issues now. It's she has aphasia, which basically means she can't speak anymore. That's what happened to Bruce Willis. Is he mm-hmm. has aphasia, which is why he's out of the public life now. It sounds horrible what they went through, and somehow through all of it, Jesse played kick ass tennis, even though the entire time she was thinking of giving tennis up. Hmm. Sounds like a huge ordeal. My hat's off to the sports journalists who actually knew what was going on, but didn't share it with the public because the family requested that they didn't. And this is not a sports story per se. Yes, she is one of the owners of the Buffalo Bills, but we do not have the right to know what is going on behind the scenes when it comes to her health. Right. And it's fine that they waited until now, but... 
it was all the same thing. It was all the conspiracy theories that uh, she died and this and that, and why are they keeping it from us? And I, I guess you can say she is a public figure though, right? So people are yeah. going to talk about no, it. No, I understand the parallel. Yeah, it's just, she. a lot of people don't know her as much. I'm sure Bill's the mafia was concerned about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then DeMar Hamlin, it happened in such a public way right. that the whole world cared. You know, this is, oh man, she's sick. Is she battling cancer? Like what happened? Now we know what happened. You know, now we can all pray for her and we're glad that she's doing better. Um, but yeah, I see the parallel, but I feel like it's easier to maintain your privacy in that situation. Yes. You know? Yes. That's all. And Jesse Pagula said that it was like cruelty from the universe that she was watching the Bills game and watched that happen to DeMar Hamlin and was saying, time, time, they've, they've got they got to move fast. If he's having cardiac arrest, they, they don't have time to wait. You know, it's amazing that her mother is still alive, according to doctors. And right. having lived through that, I can imagine how traumatizing it was to see it again on television. Right. Boy. Imagine going through that, through that much emotional upheaval and excelling at your job to the degree that she has. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could do it. I think my podcast would suck. And she's still fairly young. How long? How old can Pagula like fit? She probably like. Mm, she's got to be in her yeah. mid fifties. Fifty three. Fifty three. Yeah, she's fifty three. Grew up in uh, grew up in my neighborhood. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Knew a bunch of my uh, my cousins and older friends. Huh. So in fact, my in brother now lives on the same street where she grew up. Oh, nice. A little tidbit. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Did you get a chance to watch any of the Pro Bowl festivities? Nope, not a chance. No, <laughs> how, sir. You had no interest or you just None. didn't have time? No interest at all. Yeah, I'm about to get on my soapbox. Please go. I wasted my time because I feel like, okay, man, I'm doing a podcast. Uh, I should be able to talk about this. And I text my boy Joe once again to play for the Saints. And he was, I was like, you watching this? And he was like, no, I'm out playing golf or something. Like, I can't do it. And I was like, you're right. Like, this was horrible. <laughs> now, granted, that ain't how the world seen it. It was packed. It looked good. Like, but they was trying. They're trying to make it too much like the NBA All Star Weekend, mm. and you just can't. I don't know if you have you ever been all. I don't know if you ever been All Star Weekend. Uh, I, I've never been to it, but I, right. I've watched it. Well, you watch it. Yeah. All right. Well, I've done. I've been able to do Pro Bowls, and I've done all All Star Weekends. Pro Bowl is can't be All Star Weekend because once again, football is a team game, where NBA is way more individualistic. Oh, absolutely. All right. It's about the stars. And you're trying to do that with football, but it's just not the same. It, it's just not the same. No, it's it's not. And the NFL has gone a long way toward trying to remove the player's individuality from the game. So it's yeah. very, it's almost like cognitive dissonance to be like, it's all about the shield. The The players right. are, uh, the, the, the players are, faceless it's uh, about the, the the team logo and now hey watch what these individuals can do right <laughs> come on it's, they did a flag football game okay that's that's fine i don't even remember who won um they did flag football and then in the middle of the flag football game they did this where you had to pull this i don't know weighted Thing of a jig. They did that and they act like they was all hype. The AFC won. Uh, Deion Dawkins was talking crazy. Yeah, we, I told you we'd do all this stuff. So they pulled that. And then they did, I guess this is supposed to be the NFL's thing of the slam dunk contest. It's the best catch. So oh. they had uh, St. Ra, um, the kid from Detroit, the receiver, yeah. uh, going against Stephon Diggs. And Mike Vick was throwing the ball. And so they had like a mat down. So when they jump in the air, they fall on the mat. Okay. And they had like a little mini trampoline there. And so they 
jump off the trampoline and get passes caught by Mike Vick. And I was just like, this is horrible. And to make it so bad, they dropped half of them. Like, they were trying to bounce off the trampoline, do flips and catch it with one hand, you uh. know. And it's like, this is horrible. So that's like the slam dunk contest. And then you had, like, Pete Davidson. He was like, you know, <laughs> doing, you know. Doing, doing weird the, Pete Davidson stuff. Yeah, probably like, picking up the most attractive women there. Probably. And so he was like one of the uh, judges and he was throwing his numbers up. And they was like, well, Pete, why did you give him this number? He was like, man, I don't know. I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> it was <laughs> funny because it was very timely because it, it was just cringeworthy. I don't know. Please hit us up on Twitter if you enjoyed it, I guess. I mean, we like to consume football. So I, I guess people – I can see how people did enjoy it. I'm just a pure – and once again, I realize I'm 50 years old now. <laughs> I'm 50 year, years old in August. I turned 50 this year. Wow. The same age as hip hop, which we'll get to in a second. But Ooh. I turned 50 this year, right? I'm starting to realize this last year that it's, I'm I'm starting to be the get off my lawn guy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm getting old. It's, it's starting to be a disconnect. Like, I used to feel like me and a younger generation, we could connect. Now it's starting to be I can't connect with them anymore. And now hmm. I'm starting to see that. And this is probably it. I'm going to be the old guy. I want a football game that you care about. I I want to start reform for the NFL, for the Pro Bowl. Get the best players out there to play a serious game, and whoever wins gets $10 million. Oh, damn. $10 million. Each? Then you're, yeah. Whoa. No, no, you can't get $10 million each. That's too much money. I'm just saying an absurd amount of money. All right, that will get people to want to do it. I kind of feel like that with the slam dunk contest, right? Give them, if you had the slam dunk contest all-star weekend, Matt McCall from Georgetown is going to be in it. He's in a G League. He's not even on uh, NBA roster. He's in a G League, and he's doing it. Now, I think Mm -hmm. he's going to be good because he's a great dunker. He's like 6'1", 6'2", a great dunker, and I know he's going to take it seriously. And those are always the guys that that rocket are the short right. guys. He's going to do good because he's going to take it serious. Where an NBA star had, like LeBron, don't want to do it because I don't want to be embarrassed if I lose. And you know, other guys who probably ain't good at dunkers, they just they just out there trying whatever. They're not taking it serious. Mm-hmm. That's why I think that dude, the fact that uh, Hutley made the Pro Bowl, bro. This dude started what five games for Baltimore. Six, something like that? Yeah. He's a backup quarterback. Is in the Pro Bowl. No. It has to be where everybody's fighting. You want to get it to where everybody's fighting to do it again. You know what I'm saying? And so I think the only thing that's going to motivate them is money. And play a real game. It can't be out there. You, you, can't, you can't have speed football. <laughs> no, you know? that's true. Though that's why they was like, okay, we're gonna dumb it down to flag football. I want to see a real football game with all the best players. That's all. So that's my soapbox. But I was, I was uh, bringing it back around to hip hop. Did you watch the Grammys on Sunday? No. They had if you if you like hip hop music, they did like an ode to hip hop, and they had like Grandmaster Flash and the Fierce Five. The Ooh. guys that created hip hop the beginning, they had salt and pepper, uh, too short, like everybody throughout the time of hip hop. Missy Elliott got up there. She's like a quarter of the size since you last seen her. She's real little now, lost a bunch of weight. Oh, yeah. She up there doing her little dance and stuff. Like they had like 20 acts all do like a little, you know, montage to hip hop. And it was uh Run DMC. Um I saw them live. LL. I think you talked about that before. Did I? Yeah. Sponsored by Cool Cigarettes. It was free. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, if you haven't seen that, go check it out, man. It was one of the best Grammy performances I've ever seen. Obviously, Beyonce was there. She broke the record with most Grammy wins all time. Oh, wow. And uh, Lizzo won, I think, two Grammys. And she did, uh, in her speech, she shouted out Beyonce. And I think that's outstanding. And also, Beyonce last week announced her... uh, tour dates too so i know i'm all over the place but yeah to wrap that up uh go check it out man great my performance life. my wife loves her some be uh uh lizzo lizzo mm-hmm. okay. 
Yeah, I love her. She's very talented, and she seems so grounded. So, yeah, and she played that uh, crystal flute here in D.C. that was uh, uh, on loan from the Library Congress, Library of Congress. Okay, so cool. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, who you got in the Super Bowl? Before we go. Uh, oh man, did I hit you with a saw? I'm sorry. It's funny because I it's <laughs> something that I should have thought about, but I haven't too much. I'm going to say it's probably going to be the Chiefs, even though I think that I'd really like to see Philly win. Okay. I think Philly is like a two point favorite at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm going. I'm not going to say going. I think Philly will win. I feel like they got the better roster, the better team. But in contrast, I think that Patrick Mahomes has to win. You think? He has to beat, yeah. Because, you know, if you watch, did you watch the uh, game last week? They talking about, man, your boy Tony Romo said that he feels like right now he's top five all time. Right now. So, I don't know that I disagree with that. Okay. Well, if you're talking about your top five all time, if you lose a Super Bowl, you're what? One and two in Super Bowl or one and three in Super Bowls? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you lost more than you won. You got to go out there. See, when you talk about best all time, like Tom Brady, let's remember when all this started. Tom Brady went to, because I was there in New Orleans when they knocked out the Rams. Greatest show on turf. Mm-hmm. All right? So... This, you got to knock off teams that you don't supposed to beat. Like LeBron, when he beat Golden State, Golden State got the best record of all time. They mm-hmm. were an all-time team, and LeBron beat them. That's what measures your greatness. And I feel like if you lose, that's why I was kind of hoping that Cincinnati would go to the Super Bowl and get their head beat in because now Joe Burrow looked like a loser. You lost two <laughs> Super Bowls. So I was like, great, yeah, make it to the Super Bowl and get your head beat in, you know. All right. Yeah. So now, yeah, if you if Mahomes go to the Super Bowl and they lose, then you're one in three in Super Bowls. That ain't good. Well, I I guess that's a good point. Yeah. So I don't know. I I I know I hit you out of left field with this, but um, you know, my friends and I have been talking about that. So I'm going for the Eagles, but I'm gonna be watching Mahomes to see what he do. So the Eagles create all kinds of problems for for the defense. Right. Yeah. They're they're just a very unique, interesting offense and a really tough defense. So I think they have what it takes to, to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, we'll, we'll see. So I guess we'll be back in two weeks to wrap it up. We sure will, buddy. We sure will. And you know what I think needs to happen? What's that? You need to give us a song. Hey, hey, hey. let's go Buffalo. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts.